So that's what I'm saying. The text is like an object. It's gonna change perspective based on where you're standing. I don't know. Hello? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? I missed you, baby sweet. It was a day, hmm? It was a day. Please tell me you're seeing this too. From Seattle, we are drinking the movies. I'm Taylor Baker. And I'm Michael Clausen. Mmm, that's a good beer. What are we drinking today? As always, it seems, we're drinking another Hellbent Brewing Company beer. I believe this is just a pale ale that is similar to the tangerine we had last week, minus the tangerine. I don't remember the first part of its name, though. Do you recall? Sundown Pale Ale? Sundown. There we go. That sounds just correct. Um, It's nice. It's light. It's got that craft beer sensibility with the uh, mass appeal of something that I could drink too much of. And thanks to you, we also have some lovely rugulas to enjoy during this podcast. Yes. So chewing may be heard. But they are bought from an authentic German bakery. So we will call them rugelach. Only the real stuff <laughs> on drinking the movies. Uh, what do we got on our lineup today for feature films? Features, we're going to start with Queen and Slim from Melina Matsukis and one of my favorite working writers today, Lena Waithe. Then we're going to work into Dark Waters, showing uh, Mark Ruffalo continuing his uh, Herculean or Hulkurian uh, takedown nice. of the uh, DuPont various businesses, companies, and family. And then we will get to one of the best pieces of film of the year, Trey Edward Schultz's Wave. Saving the best for last, just as a hint for how we feel about it. Mm-hmm. But uh, first things first, let's get to Carrie Mulligan's Promising Young Woman. All right. I go to a club. I act like I'm too drunk to stand. And every week, a nice guy comes over to see if I'm okay. You okay? You are so pretty. I am a nice guy. Are you? I thought we had a connection. Okay. How old am I? What are my hobbies? What's my name? Sorry, maybe that one's too hard. All right, Michael. That was the trailer for Promising Young Woman. What do you think? I think this looks cool. Uh, It looks like kind of a black comedy revenge piece. uh, Kind of a genre piece at... I had seen some of the stills from it, which I kind of thought reminded me of Refn or Refn Light. Now, actually having seen the whole trailer, I don't know that I'd say that now it has a little bit more of a pop feel to it. It does literally have a pop song or a rendition of the Britney Spears Toxic. Uh, Played by Viola. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe a little on the nose, but uh, I like Carrie Mulligan. Um it looks like she is kind of having fun. So like that can probably be kind of contagious. Um, uh, stylish, maybe a little, a little too much. So can't really tell, but um, I think it looks like fun. What about you? I also think it looks like fun. I'm hoping it's a more successful rendition of what we thought Ma was going to be mm. to some level. I just want to relish Carrie Mulligan as a serial killer of attempted rapists. 
um, which is what this appears to be. At some level, it, it's almost an exploitation film. It's certainly mm. not leaning into the uh, Zoller end of, of exploitation, but it's it's doing a, kind of more of a, a female um, styling of an exploitation piece, um, which I think is very interesting. It's got a great supporting cast. I saw Alison Brie, Connie Britton, um, what's his face adam whatever from brody adam brody from uh the samara weaving picture we covered which ready or not ready or not and then also the uh band leader in jennifer's body yeah discussed so he he, he's a perfect fit for me in this genre also we saw a brief appearance by mclovin um so i'm I'm yeah, all all hands uh, on board for this. It's probably not going to be a sterling film, but it's probably going to be a fun film. And there is there's great value to that, especially if it comes out where I predict it will come out, which is in that March, January circuit. Yeah, Ma, I think is a great one to mention. I still like this trend of A-listers having some fun in these smaller kind of genre pieces. I didn't see Little Zombies. I think you did, right? I did not. Oh, you didn't see that? You mean Little uh, Monsters. What did I say? Little, little Zombies? zombies. Yeah. They, uh, yeah. Little, little Monsters. Little Monsters, Lupita Nyong'o. And, yeah, I did yeah. not get to it. These, uh, um, I think it is kind of fun to, to just see these top tier actresses um, being able to lighten up a little bit when they're usually burdened with some kind of heavier fare. So uh, I'm bored with that. Agreed. Let's get to Lin-Manuel Miranda's In the Heights. A dream isn't some sparkly diamond. There's no shortcuts. Sometimes it's rough. In the Heights. I'm a streetlight choking on the heat. The world spins around while I'm frozen to my seat. The people that I know. They're talking about kicking out all the dreamers. But every day is different. So it's time to make some noise. We had to assert our dignity in small ways. Just listen. All right, we just watched the trailer for In the Heights, directed by John M. Chu of Crazy Rich Asians fame. What do you think? I have a feeling it will be fine. Uh... I had to think about how to open that because I didn't want to say that it looks fine because it does not look fine. Um, There's something weird that, at least in the trailer, I noticed where John M. Chu's cinematography just doesn't look good. Um, We're we're coming at it from watching three films that even, even though you won't like one of these, I think all have a very strong visual uh, grammar. And I didn't see any of that from Chu. I mean, he was doing angle shots and like framing things, but the the lens doesn't look good. It doesn't look clean. It doesn't look styled. It just looks like it's trying to be professional without ever having something of depth to say with the lens itself, which um, honestly rubbed me as kind of gross. I think I'm right there with you. To me, there's just, yeah, some visual flatness to it. Yeah, um, there's good word. Flatness. Uh, not uh, a lot of texture. I mean, this is the kind of thing that like I kind of love to see a big budget musical. Like I love musicals. I don't think we get enough of them. Agreed. Um, I don't know if this is that this will be the one for me. Um, 
uh, yeah, I don't know. There's maybe just a little um, idiosyncrasy missing to it. Um, I think it'll be a crowd pleaser. Um, it looks broadly appealing. Um, I, I kind of just wanted maybe a, a little more grit, especially if this is in, you know, kind of a, a New York neighborhood that I would want to see some see the texture of. I don't know mm-hmm. that I'm really getting that feel, um, which, you know, not all musicals are about realism, but I do like some kind of degree of uh, kind of grain to the spaces and the people. Specifically um, when the subject matter is realism. Mm, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, a little, little, little skeptical. Yeah, yeah, to, to be nice about it, skeptical. Um. Let's get uh, get rid of that. Let's get on to Queen and Slim. What if God wanted me to die and I messed up his plan? I don't think that's what he wanted. Hey, is this y'all? We have to go now. It's all over the news. I support what y'all doing. It was self-defense. Power to the people. One eight seven two young suspects. Really, in the black money and Clyde. So I loved this movie. I thought that uh, I believe her name is Jody, if it's not Judy uh, Turner Smith, um, is a fantastic revelation in her first feature film. Daniel Kaluuya. Uh, I just heard how he sounds normally from south of London, and I. His accent work is is top-notch. Lena Waithe's screenplay. Uh, I'm really personally fond of, and I have a feeling that you're going to have some hang-ups with it, and I'm going to agree that whatever, that most of your complaints are probably accurate, but my sensibilities are just different. There you go. I really thought I was going to go for this movie. It seemed like something that was going to be right up my alley. There are things I like about it. I think Daniel Kaluuya is really good. Um, maybe not quite as high on Jodie Turner-Smith. Um, I think the cinematography is great. I think it's a good-looking movie. Um, but there were uh, basics that I kind of struggled with. Um, those being believability. Um, sure. I, I, I'm 100% willing to go that this is not a believability mm-hmm. film. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> And maybe even more so stakes. Um, I think it's partly that, um, you know, I had issues kind of right out of the gate, um, which made it just a little difficult to kind of get on board with it. Um, But, you know, this is about um, a couple on their first date, um, which goes bad when they get pulled over. And a scuffle with a white police officer leads to... Um, one of them getting shot and them in turn killing this white police officer. Um, it happens very quickly into the film. Um, I did not find this inciting incident to have the power I kind of expected it to have. I, I thought I'm going to surprise you. Mm-hmm. I agree. Really? Okay. I don't think Lena was willing to kill her di- darlings here. Mm-hmm. I think she's on a little bit of an ego high from her immense success with writing that uh, Emmy award-winning bit in Master of None. The Chai is truly incredible television. It's in its second 
or it just finished its second season. I am very interested. A couple in months that. ago, and it's fantastic television. Um, and she's on the record as saying she would not let any studio executives give her any notes on this film at all. Hmm. <clears throat> For better or worse, I think you're 100% right about the weirdness of stakes and that offbeat murder of the cop. And then they encounter the Latino sheriff and um, they let him live, but lock him in the trunk. The thing that works hmm. in the writing for me is the kind of the vibe, the emotionality hmm. of and the fun of just being on the run. It's fun to be on the run with these two. And that, for me, makes up for a lot of the problems that you're probably going to point out, including that one, which is a it's an accurate note. It's not perfect. I have not seen The Shy. Did she write some on Master of None? I feel like yeah, she, she wrote the Thanksgiving yeah. episode. I, yeah, I can't remember. It's that like a, in particular. a black and white um, episode that covers um, their childhoods. Oh, and, right, right, right. Okay, as soon as you said I, black and white, it like yeah. immediately brought it back to the mind. the Aziz um, or Aziz and his family didn't celebrate Thanksgiving, so he went over to her house for it. And, That's right. Yeah, yeah. I don't know that I necessarily have like a, a Lena Waithe issue because I loved Master of None. Both. I remember that episode. I don't know how many other ones she wrote, but I also think she's great in front of the screen. I would happily watch her um, perform again as well. Um, this did feel like television to me in that it felt episodic. Mm-hmm. Um, I would know agree. It is kind of a road movie, and, and they're having these different encounters with people. Um, the, the kind of connective tissue between the different encounters just felt a little thin to me. Um, and I think there, you know, are kind of two things going on here. There's, um, this couple, um, as a, you know, um, lovers on the run kind of story paralleled with the reaction to, um, what they've done as Mm -hmm. it, you know, makes its way across the headlines. And I kept kind of wanting there to be like, uh, more points of contact between like their reaction to this event and the the public's reaction to it like i just didn't feel like these characters um ever had any kind of reaction or something to say about um what is what is what is happening to them and and the stir it's caused that i just found particularly riveting um like there's to me it's an unreal film and the criticism you're making is 100 percent accurate but i just disregard it because i didn't take it as a real real film like it's it's points are metaphorical it's points are symbolic it's gestures are symbolic the point is that the the white guy that held the gun to daniel kaluuya's head in the gas station that didn't pull the trigger is more on his side the black cop that opens the garage door and helps him get away is more on his side than the black gangster in Florida that leads them to their death for money. Um, you know, those are writerly points mm-hmm. uh, that I think the film in a serious way suffers from, but I, I, I still liked the ride. Um, I think one of my questions for you after that feedback on Lena, um, which I, I think is interesting. Do you think that it's a combination of Melina Mitsukas and Lena Waithe's sensibilities that makes it feel episodic? Or do you think that one of it, one of them is more leading than the other? Because she 
has done episodic television for most of her career, uh, Lena. Mm. And then Lemonade is 100% a, an episodic type of a picture. So I, I mm. really don't know who I would blame over the other, or if I'd say that it's maybe that both of their sensibilities that makes that happen. Yeah, I don't know that I would point to one over the other. I think there, for me, are there are issues kind of with both and just how they come together. It's just kind of the blend of the two um, that it just seemed a little thin in terms of weight. I don't know that I ever felt much in terms of interiority because it's so interested in iconography. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, to me, exactly kind of what you already know going into this movie is that it's you know, partly about um, police brutality uh, against African-Americans that never really um, goes on to say much about it. Um, I I, I just, I was kind of left without like a a takeaway versus just some, versus imagery, Um, which, you know, if if the imagery is compelling, which I I could totally get, um, you know, that can, that could get you far with it. Um, but I, I don't think I will remember much about um, these characters experience. I mean, I, it's been a week and a half since I saw it and I don't, I don't remember their experience. I just remember the, some of the sleek moments or the, 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 the big hits or where the beat drops type of moments, mm. you know, um, when we find out, that the uncle is responsible for her mother's death or um, that just the whole scene in the club and how beautiful that was or the moments when um, each of them gets outside the passenger door or when Daniel Kaluuya mounts the horse. Those are just um, cinematic feelings that resonated with me that I still have. Um, Whereas the interiority of, like, their character growth is not something that I have. So Mm -hmm. I I think that it's just kind of like, it's almost the equivalent of a pop album. Like, yeah, maybe there's not much interiority there, but I really Mm -hmm. like the melodies that it has. And um, that was enough for me to have a good time. But I I get why someone wouldn't like the pop music I, I like or why someone wouldn't like this movie as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's maybe that I feel like it was almost onto some things that I did think were going to be interesting that it then didn't run with like I thought they would. Such as? Um, Well, as they hit the road and are encountering more and more people, some of whom, you know, sort of uh, take them as heroes, as these symbols of resistance or rebellion, others, not so much. I think I see particularly in Daniel Kaluuya's character... um, maybe this uh, this uh little fleck of pride like he's almost a little um kind of emboldened by it by people um you know finding heroism in what he did and i think that's subtle i think that's really in his like performance um which i thought was interesting and i thought the movie might then like kind of take some distance from these characters and you know show some interest in them wrestling with um, the extent to which they're, you know, maybe glad that this resistance is um, coming about, but they're also, um, but it's going to come with great cost, as we but see. Yeah, that's where I, I would agree with you as far as flaws. Like, 
I just did not have any feeling of resistance coming through. I right. did, I did not. I felt like I was watching at some at some level like I was watching myself play through a video game where like every character that I press A to has to talk to me about my storyline because that's what the programming is. Um it didn't feel like the world was actually going through this reconciliation of police violence and brutality and i i mean there were moments in the film throughout where i was like i'm 100 on their side and i'm so far on their side that i'm like can't you just explain your case to this latino officer like can't he help you like like can't we and and i mean that's part of it is that they can't and that's that's part of the importance of the story but the lengths that it goes to to completely avoid that confrontation of reality it is a problem. However, yeah. it's the tone that makes up for it for me. The joy of the ride. Yeah. Um, Getting on that horse was just something. I, I really liked that moment. Which is a good moment, but to me, it's just the opposite of what I th- think I should feel. Like I, like, I think this needs a sense of panic, like a sense of fear a sense of loss or whatever it is they they now have to abandon because they feel like they they have to run they're they're too scared to confront this i, I think they're weirdly like the fear is weirdly kind of muted mm-hmm. um and and then i think it tries I, I think it leans into its like relevance a little too much like i think it sort of depends on that um which i which i find a little bothersome that it that it um is tapping into that in without really the the kind of script beats to 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 do something with it to build on it you're right i mean i think the moments are powerful and i think the ending's powerful i think like Mm -hmm. the staging of it is yeah um strong and i i think i even probably like jumped a little bit i did too no doubt i jumped when he got shot (laughs) yeah um uh, just the 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 look and direct because i I was like how how can you shoot him He's clearly not armed. Both arms are holding her and we're watching them die. And to me, that image, it's worth all the problems we're talking about, I guess. That's just what's true for me. Yeah, um, it is a a strong image. I think that will probably stick with me. Um, Yeah, and I think it's interesting that him in particular, the way he seems to like find a little swagger in this. Um, you know, they obviously have the change of outfit after they go to her father's place. And he seems to kind of be feeling this out a little bit, um, which I think is, is really interesting. And I just wanted it to like, to, to challenge that a little bit. Uh, but he was not st- that I'm, still uh, under there for me because of that phone call that he makes because of the praying before he eats. And, and it was kind of a reversal with her, right? Where it's like, this is what she was born into and she resented being put putting back on the clothes mm. and then you know near the end of the movie it just point. it like feels that. like she's like like there's no questions that she is who she is and the clothing doesn't really go against the grain of her character in mm. uh, in an interesting way whereas daniel kaluuya very much feels dressed up um so i i don't know i think that some of the iconography again makes up for the issues in subtlety and realism and stakes and everything that it lacks. You know, a lot of the problems that um, I, I think you're pointing to that I might point to 
are a lot of the problems I saw in uh, Monsters and Men, where there's just not enough time given to make these stories come together. I don't doubt that they could, but in this presentation, they don't. That's interesting. I, I That movie came to mind to me as well. I actually thought I liked it a little more in hindsight after watching yeah. this one, which is interesting. That um, might also be because we just watched Waves. Also very possible. Kelvin Harrison Jr. has been on my mind. Um, you know, there's the scene where they're each kind of taking turns um, leaning out of the car window. Um, and there's this suggestion that they now have this kind of new sound, newfound sense of freedom. Mm-hmm. Um that I I wish it had kind of su- like better suggested where that was coming from. I'm not sure I really see um, w- where that would have come from in this situation, mm. which is maybe maybe I'm just struggling to put myself in these shoes, you know. Um, but um, I think, th- yeah, I don't know. I I, I, just, I think I, I don't, it I was to get it. each side coming to understand each side more. Um, like I just said, like he seems out of place in his clothing, even at the end. And he seems like he's relishing it. It seems like they don't quite fit, but he likes how it, how it makes him look. Whereas she looks like, like it just, it feels natural with her. I, I think that, um, her understanding of the harsh realities of life, not just as, as humans, but as black people in America is much starker than his and his understanding of life is a lot more um bountiful and deep in beauty and appreciation than hers was and i think they both like come to meet each other and to me hanging out the window is just the balance of both points at some level it's not something i can really like put my finger on but it's a feeling of understanding that i might point to that both characters seem to be achieving once they reach florida Mm. which i i think is also the the story of the south and of florida this year in in film i I think is an interesting one um so yeah um i don't know that i have too much more to add any additional thoughts what is your favorite scene in this film Do you already have one in mind? No, I'm going through a few. Because there's some that I like the look of more than others, but then there's some that, that you know, uh, hit harder, have, like, great character acting. Um, there's just some great moments. Well, I guess I would have to go with the ending because, you know, I did not feel much for the vast majority of this movie, but I did feel the ending. I do think that is a punch. Um, and kind of surprising kind of startling um and uh i think it'll probably stick with me you um i'm gonna go with something that isn't necessarily visually driven um i really like the moment at um at the table where they've already met where flea chloe savini and our two leads are um interacting and having a, a complex conversation And then, um, and we don't really know if they can trust these people or not. And then we see a shadow through the window on the drapes and Flea immediately tells them what to do. And so does Chloe Savini, even though she's the one that's against them being there. And the way that they go to bat for them, there was just, 
in the the floorboard feel like there's some something of the um uh underground railroad to that mm. scene it's it's an homage to it that yeah, um yeah. where you're getting one over on these people that are in the wrong that are called law and order mm-hmm. um and even though you know chloe savini doesn't seem to be on their side the way that she ends up on their side is i i just liked that it, it was kind of fun and then sitting with them under the floorboards and then her saying I, well, i'm getting out i don't care and then the proceeding drop down and the garage door and all that it's just a, it's a great um it's very writerly it's just really cool collection of moments that was a heck of a fall she took Oof. <laughs> on to dark waters Hi, Grammars. What are you doing here? <laughs> Your grandma tells me her grandson's some fancy environment lawyer down in Cincinnati. I am a corporate defense attorney. So? I defend chemical companies. Well, now you can defend me. How many did you lose? 190. 190 cows. You tell me nothing's wrong here. You want me to go get you some unfiltered tap water real quick, Michael? You hand-washed these cups, correct? Oh, yeah. I hand-washed them with unfiltered tap water and then uh, poured them into tap water and rubbed some DuPont chemicals and uh, washed them in the dishwasher with some Teflon. I give us about 24 hours. (laughs) (laughs) On my Twitter feed a couple days ago, I saw a critic post a picture of a package that had been left on his doorstop that someone had ripped open and inside the package was a screener for dark waters that the thief then decided to not even take and just left it on top of the package. And the guy said, ha ha, the joke's on you. Cause this is actually a good movie. <laughs> Do yes. you agree? Or should the thief, was he right in leaving that on the doorstep? He was right in leaving that on the doorstep because that would have been theft. <laughs> good uh, answer. It was a trick question. It is also a good movie. Um, <laughs> Much to my surprise, um, I loved Wonderstruck. I have some quite strong negative feelings about Carol, Mm. which has two of my favorite actresses. And I was quite middle of the road after seeing the trailer for this. I think you were too, if I recall. Uh, I think we both were kind of like, I, I don't see it. Um, and that trailer does not, I, I think that the entire marketing campaign for Dark Waters is a failure and that the film is a vast success. Yeah, I would agree. I think we both thought it was a strangely conventional direction for mm-hmm. this auteur, Todd Haynes. Which is one of the last things I would say about it. Uh, Conventionality. Con- mm. Yeah. Um, I think I liked Carol a lot more than... You did. I loved Wonderstruck. Um, I think if you liked Carol, you would have liked it a lot more than me. Yeah. Uh, Far From Heaven is one of my favorite movies. Um, I saw that a long time ago. That came out in the, like, 2000? 2000. Yeah. Yeah. I don't recall it at all. But Julianne Moore, Headscarf? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Yeah. One of my favorite movies. Um, I, yeah, like you, was surprised um, that this was uh, his uh, next choice. Um, to me, it kind of just goes to show like how kind of important, um, a festival launch can be for a movie and giving it some momentum, right? Mm -hmm. Like this, this 
kind of came out late in the fall season, just kind of showed up in theaters. The trailer didn't really reveal it to be idiosyncratic in any way. It looks like, um, you know, a legal thriller mm-hmm. um, in, in, in everything you would expect that to uh, involve. Which it's not. That's interesting. I, I mean, I think... There's I an mean, anxiety to it, but it's not a thriller. I, you don't you don't think so? I would think to me this is very like seventies paranoid thriller. Um, paranoid, yes. Yeah. To me, the thriller thing, like to me, the tone of maybe we're just differentiating our definition of thriller here. Mm-hmm. This tone is not what I would place as a thriller. Mm. A thriller's tone to me is something that feels more chasey. Like I'd be willing to say Queen and Slim is more thrilling than this if that makes sense whereas this is more paranoid anxiety you know like i wouldn't call bug a thriller i would call Mm -hmm. bug a paranoid experience you Mm -hmm. know it's so maybe i'm wrong maybe i'm right i i don't know but i just wouldn't use the word thriller so much as a, a paranoid procedural legal drama or something like that yeah um i mean i would have gone so far as to say that sometimes it felt like outright horror to me um, because it is so sort of um, uh, just this this sense of contamination running through this movie feels quite horrifying at times. I know that, yeah, I mean, that maybe sounds bold, but... I think I was um, more in the Anne Hathaway camp as an audience hmm. member where I was like, what are you doing like i know that this is terrible but at 3 a.m without like telling your Mm. wife what you're doing like at some level i was a skeptic of the anxiety Mm. yeah i wasn't the guy with my hand trembling i was the guy that's like are you sure it's worth your hand trembling Mm. (laughs) yeah um but that's interesting that you you didn't think it was conventional i mean to me it was it, it, no. it hit the beats I was expecting. It's the little guy starting to pull at threads until it all kind of unravels and he finds out that the bad guy knew all along what they were doing. To me, that feels very familiar. I mean, yeah, if you, if you start from that outside part, I agree. But it's the it's the little things in the artistry that feel different to me. It's like saying First Man is a consummate, you know, white lead who saves the nation or whatever. Like, First Man just is different than what we'd expect it to be ad astra is different than what we'd expect it to conventionally be although it has a lot of the conventional formula i think that the tone for me of dark waters maybe you had a different tone because i i'm not using the word thrilling there was just this undercurrent of paranoia which was exemplified by the moment when we see him press the key into the ignition and the way that Mm. that haynes set that up to like be bullshit like we all know that everything's fine but then he sees this figure standing there who doesn't move and we're starting to see him have neurological disorders from the pursuit of this case Mm -hmm. and that was very fincher to me like it oh yeah it it wasn't um and when i when i think fincher i think maybe he's making a film at a conventional genre with outsides that are conventional structures but the inside it the tone and the feel is not the same. It's like Wonderstruck might be a children's film, but it's mm. very different in the middle. Oh, wait, you think this is different from Fincher? 
I, no, I think it's like Fincher. Oh, okay. I, I think yeah, it's yeah. like Wonderstruck, where it's conventional on the outside, like the pillars. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, these are Roman pillars. This is a structure. And then you go inside of it and, you know, you take stairs to go down to get to the bowl that goes up or something like it just it's different yeah um yeah i think i might i think we like the same things or maybe just phrasing it differently i would have said it's that no um, i like it <laughs> pretty much <laughs> i i guess i would have said that it's with this it's with style and direction that it transcends the conventions of its narrative um yeah i'd probably put performance first personally as well yeah for sure just some of those little little yeah craftsmanship from every single part yeah the glasswork in the beginning where um they pan through the legal offices and the way that the oh looks so good oh my god i was like what the fuck am i even looking at this is why don't you make money for a living todd haynes this is money i'm looking at money (laughs) yeah uh yeah, right from the get-go, you know, we see the group of teenagers swimming in a lake that they're not supposed <sighs> to be in. Um, and I think there's some the handheld The whole crowd reacted negatively to that. It was really? so great. Yeah, they were like, no, don't. Yeah, oh, you know, like, oh, I thought you meant like groaning or something. No, no, like, they, they were all deeply affected by it. And good. I was, oh, it's so good. Yeah. Um, there's, there's a shot where I think the camera is maybe on the boat that's in the lake and you kind of see the plant in the background and it's kind of fuzzy, almost kind of abstract. Mm-hmm. And I think that abstraction is just really sort of um, expressive of how sort of big and like hard to even kind of wrap your head around, like how big this kind of this foe is, right? It is this corporation with you know resources that are so daunting it can it can feel so like impersonal and um, well i think the the quote from ruffalo that i heard was washington works is four times the size of the pentagon in staff and logistic size yeah yeah um it is huge uh and yeah i i um just was pretty repeatedly gripped by the the style and how evocative it was of this sense of um toxicity and that sense of it being everywhere um and how he just finds that sense in objects and spaces whether it's like the trees on the farm which to me just look like poisoned veins Mm -hmm. um i love the scene where all the boxes show up from dupont in the random kind of office um like storage room and like the air just looks contaminated to me right like it just looks so thick like you just wouldn't even want to touch those boxes um when it when the box falls and the powder explodes yeah, and he yeah. has his uh pregnant co-worker leave yeah and this idea that this is about something now that is you know so widespread so kind of omnipresent that 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 feeling is kind of everywhere in this movie just seems so right um so yeah it's it's good stuff i think the i think the cinematography is great and plays a huge role in in it yeah agreed i i would say that bill camp of bill camp fame of wildlife fame and all Mm. sorts of other bill campiness roles he I mean, he puts on his false eyebrows and he just goes to town as a West Virginia farmer. Um, the The way that he can convey in that 
one of those last shots we see him when he's being wheeled around by his wife and oh, they're about to go yeah. in. Um, and the way, th- the way that he physically manifests wanting to be close to Mark Ruffalo and like wanting to express masculine affection and doesn't is it's one of the most interesting things I've seen all year from a performer. Um, and it's because of the restriction at some level of him playing this cancer patient um, who knows better than everybody else, whether or not he's having the hood pulled over his eyes on his farm. Um, It's just deeply emotional. And I, there's very few supporting actors that can kind of use the absence of gesture to make me feel stuff. I think. Mm, yeah. Yeah. For about five seconds when we first saw Bill Camp, I thought to myself, oh no, is this going to be too much of an act, the accent and that kind of thing? And five seconds later, I thought, nah, he's got it. Yep. Not a problem. Not it's overplaying great. it. Not at all. It's not. I, I love Jeff Bridges. He was not mm. Jeff bridges I like it. Th- there's a reason why Camp is an under you, you, actor normally, a supporting actor, and why Bridges takes over. Um, one of them is a lot more, you know, leaderly on screen than the other, but camp just doesn't overdo things. Yeah. Uh, I think there's one scene that's actually from Tim Robbins, which is maybe the most quote unquote, like Oscar clippy, even though I don't think this is going to be in the Oscars, which is where Tim Robbins kind of responds to cheaty because he's still cheaty. Mm -hmm. And he says, you know, this is what, you know we need to do this is our moral prerogative or and and that kind of thing and he kind of has his his monologue about it uh did you even read this man's work exactly yeah you could maybe call that a little oscar clippy i still liked it otherwise i think this is like largely very restrained and subtle one of my favorite scenes is when anne hathaway and um the character's name is rob right Mm -hmm. um are in bed and they're having this kind of intense conversation but they're whispering and her, um, she just turned over and her back is to him. Yeah. And it's yeah. so um, kind of antithetical to how this kind of thing normally goes, where there might be um, a, a blow up between husband and wife. And she says, I'm taking the kids to my mom's house. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I really. Instead, they're the together. Restraint. Yeah. They stay together and she turns over to go to bed and continues to support him. Yeah, that's that's a great point. Um, I. It's a true story, which is what makes it a horror film, as you described. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I genuinely don't know where to go next. It's yeah. it's kind of a dumbfounding film where I feel like everyone should watch it. I feel like it's capital I important. Um, mm-hmm. It's unbiased. Um, it, it doesn't feel like there's a political agenda um, that, you know, I would call like a party line agenda. If, unless a political agenda is the agenda of like not murdering and poisoning your citizens. If that's politics, then I guess it's a political film. Mm-hmm. But at some level, it just feels like a deeply human film um, mm-hmm. that resonates whether or not you played, you know, The Outer Worlds or Fallout or any other RPG where you've been accosted with meeting someone who's poisoning an entire town or, you know, it's... It's almost snowpiercery where you're, you know, everybody, you know, on this side of the train 
is taking the stuff in so that that side can have a profit. Yeah. Um, the guy is just so modest, you know, um, Rob as a, as a character, it's, it's all about, you know, how determined he is to see this through to the end. Um, but he's so kind of humble about it. Like it's Mm -hmm. just impossible to not go with this guy. Apparently Um, that's how he actually is. I, I've heard that as well, which is great. Um, I, I think, I think the performance is really good. Um, yeah, I, I think Mark, Mark Ruffalo is great. Um, yeah, I mean, I I do think if there was anything I liked less, um, it is maybe his relationship with Anne Hathaway and just the just kind of what it does with that. I like the things it doesn't do, you know, like a big blow up that I already kind of mentioned. Um, I'm still not quite sure if I can put my finger on why that just didn't all quite work for me. Um, I think it's screen time at some level. There just wasn't Probably. enough. Yeah. Um, I, I I do think when he has his, um, it's not a heart attack, but he has, you know, some kind of medical. Um, the neurological. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's this fast cut, you know, in t- to put him into the hospital and her um, alarm on the, 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 the shock on her face Um is just makes so sense because this guy is so kind of um, interior and uh, non-expressive that to then hear that there is so much anxiety in him that it literally brought him to the hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you you just see that realization on her face um, so clearly and so powerfully. And I think she really pulls off that scene um, without going too big. Yeah, so, but I'm, I'm but you straight. you knew that he had that anxiety beforehand, right? Because you like, do. yeah, okay. I I just wanted to make sure you were on board with me because like I think I was talking to some people and they didn't notice the tremors early on that he had. Oh yeah, yeah. And oh, so, I think it does a very good job of telling us. Yeah, but that you know she would not necessarily be picking up on it because this guy, um, you know, it's you know Todd Haynes is showing us that, mm-hmm. but people in this guy's world might not necessarily see the the trembling hands. Yeah. Did you enjoy the blow up right after that at t- or not the blow up but the uh the cowing of Tim Robbins where she tells him to to mm. s- stop being such a jerk and just be proud of him? Uh yeah, I think that worked for me. I yeah. I really liked that. Yeah, yeah, that was one of those moments where I got concerned that like you know, kind of head in in the palm uh well, I'm in the theater and I'm like, oh boy, this is going to be some melodrama shit. Mm. And then she kind of just gets a backbone and is like, be his fucking friend. You're his family. Stop. Yeah. Stop being an asshole. Yeah. Some strong supporting characters. I think he's good. Um, Bill Pullman as his lawyer oh, yeah. at, at a later point. Kind of surprised. I didn't, I didn't realize he was in it. I think Chidi's great in his in his moment where mm-hmm. he calls out Rob on what he's doing. Um I think it's I think it's a pretty strong cast. Um, I just think more people got to see this movie. Yeah, it's it's one of the weird ones where I I can't think of another movie this year that's like important important like the Torture Report, mm-hmm. known as the Report, is an important film. Um, it's certainly a bipartisan film, but it is mm-hmm. a political film in nature because it is about a political criticism. Whereas this is just about like a company called Dupont poisoning 
everybody on the planet that can <laughs> afford to buy things. That's it. Like, yeah. how is that where you end a sentence, you know? <laughs> Poisoning everyone on the planet that can afford to buy things. The end of the sentence. They're still mm-hmm. doing it. It's just not with C8. It's with C6 mm-hmm. now. Like, And they yeah. started a shell company um, to, to do the dealings for the new version of Teflon. It's disgusting. Yeah. Um, and I, I think it gets all that without um, just underlining its own importance, yeah. right? Like this very much could have um, been too didactic about like the need for regulation or something like that. But it, I think it touches on that um, all that as much as it needs to. Well, I mean, it could have done that. Point. It, it could have, yeah. it could have tried to create an association between the high use of, of pharmaceuticals and, and methamphetamines in West Virginia, proportionally to the rest of the country's population. But it doesn't, you know, like we're left knowing what we know about West Virginia yeah. and then having this information and, you know, being disgusted. Yeah. Yeah. And bittersweet is not a, it, that is an insufficient word, but I like how, the the ending where rob is a you know waiting and waiting and waiting for the medical results to come back that will finally prove that they've been poisoning mm-hmm. people is either a win-win or a lose-lose depending on how you look at it because if it's like the if results are not good that means people are sick people are dying mm-hmm. um and i think the tone is is critical there because it's not triumphant right and that he he has proof because the proof is terrible news yeah um very, that's actually the yeah. worst thing that he would have wanted to hear yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so, any any other final comments? If you thought Aaron Brockovich was great, you will also like Dark Waters. Word. Love you. How I do. It's been hard, hasn't it? Let go of a prayer for you. How you doing with everything? Good. Just a sweet word. You know it's okay if you're not. The table is prepared for you. I'm trying to give you the tools to succeed in this world. It's not easy out there. Everything I do is for y'all. Everything. And our third and final title for today is Waves from Trey Edward Schultz. His third feature. After Kresha and It Comes at Night. I like both of those quite a bit. I believe you do as well. Nope. I love both of those. And I love this too. I stand Likes corrected. not accurate. Starring Kelvin Harrison Jr., Sterling K. Brown. Um, I believe Taylor Russell. Taylor Russell, that's great. Alexa Demi plays Tyler. Kelvin Harrison Jr.'s character is girlfriend mm-hmm. lucas hedges this is um i think an ensemble piece so it's important to just get those names out there um harmony kareem that's right i did not realize that was him uh until the credits and i'm like oh that was of course I, that was harmony kareem um and in our text prior to recording you brought up the influence you felt mm-hmm. of harmony kareem mm-hmm. uh, you want to say more about that I, I mean, I just recap what I told you. This film is a, it is Terrence Malick plus Harmony Korine equals 
Trey Edward Schultz's Waves. It is a perfect amalgamation of song to song and a night of cups and spring breakers and um, the beach bomb. Like it's directly triangulated in between those in my personal view. And it's a great personal view to feel and have. (laughs) I can definitely see the Harmony Kareen um, connection. I don't know that I'd put the beach bomb alongside this because I think this is way better. Um, yeah, but similar the tone of the, the drug maybe. use, Florida, joyriding, all those things yeah. happen in the beach bomb. All those things happen in waves. Yeah. The soundtrack drops, kind of the larger <laughs> than life feeling. Yeah. Um, I thought a lot about Gaspar Noe, particularly in Act 1, not, not at all in compliment. Act 2. Uh, what a compliment yeah, you um, give this film. I, I do think Gaspar Noe is, to me, a meaner director than Trey Edward Schultz's. I get a greater sense of empathy for these characters with Trey Edward Schultz. Yeah, I but think this... Gaspar is probably... <laughs> That's a good way to put him. Mean. Yeah, uh, but this sense that in part one, we are on this downward spiral with a character, and that spiral is only accruing velocity feels... Uh, like Gaspar Noe. Did you feel like you knew that it was never going to stop until it, it hit the worst? So I thought I had this movie figured out already, where I thought I was already like getting ready to uh, uh, to talk about what I thought this was going to be, which was that the shoulder gets messed up. And then I actually was going to think, oh, maybe this is going to have something in common with like Chloe Zhao's The Writer, where an injury forces a guy who's so wrapped up in his masculinity that he has to kind of like reconfigure his identity. And then I'm like, whoa, this is getting way worse than that. So I think I uh, I, I, I underappreciated just how intense this was going to get. Um, what about you? Did you have a sense that this is going to get as bad as it does? Uh, when? You tell me, did it catch you off guard at some point in its acceleration? No, um, I watched this movie with a friend and I called, I called the murder. Uh, wow. There, there's some visual grammar that Trey uses that you've seen in other films. Um, for whatever reason, you might not have noticed it, but I guarantee that you're just as capable of seeing it as I am. Um, so he gets out of the truck and he walks up to the garage which is an early illusion, you know. At the party? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's, you know, you're foreshadowing. And then he goes around the bushes, and the camera changes. It gets real dark. We just see the silhouette of him. He pops the latch on the back entrance, and that shot looks like a thousand horror shots mm, where murder yeah. is about to happen. And... I, I was just like, she's about to die. He's going to kill her. It's happening now. Yeah, I do think once um, he's on his way to the party, I think you have a sense that there's a confrontation coming. I just... I didn't know it was murder until that visual cue where it's just, this is the serial killer visual. Yeah, for sure. Um, Yeah, I was more just referring to like the opening segment where I thought like the injury was going to be the defining event. Mm, uh, I thought it was the drug use at some level. When, once yeah, oh, I thought that was going to only that. get worse as he's literally taken out. Um, yeah. Like, I was like, oh, he's going to go to rehab because the injury just encourages the drug use. 
Um, but you know, it swerves and just swerves faster and faster. And I had no idea about the second half. Yeah, I had somehow I was blind to like this whole movie. Yeah, in a delicious um, way. It's you know I've gotten a sense that it's pretty divisive, mm-hmm. uh, as you would expect. Uh, it's actually been a little hard for me. People who like I usually totally agree with, like I'm usually in alignment with, have really not gone for to it. To quote Trey, people either love this movie or they hate it, and yeah. he's perfectly fine with that. What's weird is that I've seen kind of fifty fifty of people either loving part one and not part two or vice versa, uh-huh. which I think is really strange. I, th- I, I liked both. I, th- I, I like the, the kind I'm of sorry about that. structure. Cause I loved both. Yeah. Um, to me, this is just exactly what, uh, being a high schooler felt like. I mean, the music is such a monumental role in that. Like sometimes you, uh, you indulge in your feelings through music. Sometimes it's an outlet for what you're feeling. I just sometimes thought, it helps you feel what you're feeling. Yeah, I was just absolutely the kind of person who would just go drive around faster than I ever should have listening to music and just being in it, you know, feeling it. And it seems Me silly too. in hindsight. And with um, friends. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I. That's the group singing component. Yeah, I kind of wonder, like, if the people who don't go for that are just the people for whom music was not as prominent of a role in their adolescence um to me or maybe they're farther away from it maybe yeah um or like they don't have nostalgia for it maybe it's a negative time yeah uh the 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 opening shot right um it's bold the camera spinning in the car um to me that's just exactly what it felt like to be driving fast yes. with your girlfriend in a new car mm-hmm. um like yeah that's that's exactly what it felt like one of my favorite reviews on letterbox was there are so many car crash scenes in this movie how is there not a single car crash which is so <laughs> true I, I mean multiple times i'm like put on your seatbelts, watch the road watch the road that was actually a nice surprise that we did not get that but it's also it's shot in kind of a way that dark waters is shot where there's like there's a little bit of anxiety at least for me the viewer where I'm like, in the opening scene, I'm like, bro, you are black, you are young, you have your foot mm. out the driver's side window, you are driving with no seatbelt on, and I can't see behind you, and I'm 90% sure because of cinematic grammar mm-hmm. that there's a cop, and you're about to get pulled over, and your life is going to end. But that never no happens. Doubt. Oh, I, I would have said a lot of anxiety throughout yeah. a lot of it. Um. But yeah, you know, I have definitely said about movies in the past, oh, this movie is using the music as a crutch. Um, and I've seen so many people say that, like, this is the most, like, hold it up as the most obvious example of that as a problem. And I just didn't feel that way. I just found it to be... Because it's wrong. That's the wrong viewpoint. <laughs> of course. <laughs> it's objectively incorrect. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I thought it um, was very in tune with the intensity of the emotion this kid is feeling and the sense that, um, you know, the, 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 the hardship, the, the problems that he's kind of running up, running into, not only his injury, but then his girlfriend getting pregnant, her At the same shutting time. him out. Yeah, I mean, it's these... Um, hardships coinciding, but they, it never really pushed like believability mm. for me. It's no. just about like when 
when hardship does coincide, how kind of overwhelming it can be if you don't know how to channel, if you don't know what to do with it. Yeah. Um, and then, I mean, I, I think there's that under, um, there, there's just this underneath piece that, that is, um, to me, he's a different person when he's just drinking and smoking weed and partying and joyriding with his friends and, and then the shoulder acts up and it becomes a severe problem. And, and there's just uh, an innocent moment that Trey doesn't call any more attention to than, you know, any other normal shot in the film where he opens the medicine cabinet, looks at his father's pill bottle, takes some pills out. And we don't see him put them in the mouth guard case, but then they're in the mouth guard case. And then the mouth guard case is something that we interact with the rest of his time in the film. And I think that, that's where he begins his change. And I don't think that the character that we're introduced to would have made the same choices if he wasn't using those pain pills, which I, I think is an interesting undercurrent to what um, what the film has to say at some level. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and about the, the pressures, which are directly addressed on a black man in the country. Yeah, Um yeah, uh, I don't know. I, th- th- there is one scene where his father quite explicitly has a conversation with him about that, mm-hmm. right? And he says it's that much harder for That's for when they're us. weightlifting, right? Uh, probably, yeah. I think so. Um, that was the only time where I maybe felt like there was something being said to white audiences that I don't know that necessarily needed to be said. Mm-hmm. But you can maybe just kind of accept that this this father uh it feels like it has to be said yeah um to me i don't i don't know i i i can buy it enough that it's not yeah to, to me it's the, the way that he was continuously working uh kelvin's character um and just kind of grinding on him um it felt like a legitimate piece of the character where it's like son like i i know i'm being a dick you need to know that I know I'm being a dick and we need to both agree on why it's kind of mm-hmm. one of those father son moments where it's like, yeah, those are always awkward and they always are kind of cringy and they might seem obvious. Um, and maybe they have to be presented in the film, but you know, it's just easy enough to believe this dad would feel compelled to say something. I, I can give it the benefit of the doubt there. Um, so yeah, I mean, an intense part one, I mean, even I think, obviously, as devastating as uh, him actually knocking her over and killing her, as devastating as that is, for me, it was much harder to watch the wrestling match, just because you know exactly what's coming. You know he knows that this is a bad idea. Um, Did it it physically affect you? Oh, 100%. No, did, did you change how you, did you change posture in the film? Because you were being physically affected by the film. Yeah, that's where you want to close your eyes. You're like, I cannot watch this character. And but, but I think some about, people dislike that. What about your posture? Uh, I would imagine I I shifted. Okay, because sure. like, dude, it it was landing blows on me. Like, I I would keep moving. I like put my hood on, and I was like, all right, we're we're going deep. I need my cocoon. <laughs> yeah, hard to watch. Um, yeah, I've some I've seen some people tear that scene apart to say like it's too bludgeoning. Uh, I just bought what? that that character would do it. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I think there's a really clear 
through line in this in this kid's spiral um, that felt very smooth and miserable to watch, but very affecting and very very powerful and and just kind of real. Um, um, Heart uh, extraordinarily um, challenging, right? And and so much happening at once, Mm -hmm. but um, none of it struck me as hard to believe. I think um, just while we're in part one, the two things that I would point to in in this first part of just like expertise from every single level and and the ability to convey a character is the the reality of the moments, two particular moments that I think feel real because they are real things that that we as people go through with our significant others at, at some level, which is the moment where Kelvin is sitting in the bathroom with Alexis mm. and she's bleaching his hair mm-hmm. and he's braiding something. I don't remember mm-hmm. what it is that he's braiding and that you just kind of sit with them for a little while. And then he looks up at her and they kiss and it's like, it's a romantic and intimate kiss, but it's not a, like a sex inducing kiss it's like it it felt real and in a in a very like we're both brushing our teeth and i love you type of a way um and then the uh the blow up in the truck after the abortion where she gets out and walks away and he has his arm in a sling and you know pulls the truck barely off the road and has his breakdown like those those two moments are such real ugly and beautiful moments of what it's like to be a human with someone else who you love, but you're also flawed. Um, that I, it's fascinating that Trey captured them that way. Yeah. Yeah. The idea that as a teenager or teenage relationships can have really intense highs and really intense lows just feels very real mm-hmm. and familiar. Um, and I, I think the music plays a, a big role in that. Uh, uh, that's it. Just and the editing just is is perfect. It, it's just in sync with it. Um, but that is uh, it's really part one that we've been talking about, there, which they, isn't they, even my favorite part. You do like part two better. Yeah, and I don't want to. It just does that. But part one's so cool. But part two's a love story, and it's hard yeah. to not love a love story. Yeah, it's kind of complicated because in a way it's this relief because it, it was just so kind of, um, it, it's it's just so overwhelming, part one. Uh, but that's really like where the work begins for the rest of the family, right? And figuring out like how, uh, well, in the case of the sister, the, uh, it's, you know, how do I forgive myself for not having done something? At the party. Um, yeah. Um, how how do I continue to love somebody who's done something so terrible? Um, and then it doesn't do that directly. Like it's kind of oblique because it's all about her relationship with someone new, mm-hmm. I think is, is, is really great. And it's about, it's legitimately about her the way that I just talked about those scenes where it's, we, we really go with her and she really has these feelings or, or doesn't know that she has these feelings and what to make of them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that all just felt very real watching, her watch social media and see the outpouring of support for um, the girlfriend and the 
than the and some of the, the brutal the comments evisceration he yeah. gets yeah of, you know of which you would expect it's not like it's not unexpected but um but the position you know it leaves her in i think is kind of um hard to it's impossible to not sympathize it, with uh, and i think the way that trey gets us there is so deeply honest that we're just with her like when she's feeling these things i don't know about you i was too when when she felt things i did too in almost the entire second part yeah i would completely agree um and uh i think it could have been way more intense right like she could have had her own spiral Mm -hmm. right about uh there's questions about if it's going to start throughout that second part. I kept kind of wondering if maybe it, it was going to have its own kind if she would have her own kind of downfall. When they did the Molly. You know, oh, I, mm. I, I was like, gateway drug! <laughs> <laughs> Not good. Um, and then they just had a wonderful time and it was beautiful. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I don't think it's um, too on the nose that our, you know, our experience with Lucas Hedges's character and his father kind of to me shows her just realizing that we only get one chance while while we're here and and that we have to figure out how to try and live with these things because um there will come a, a time when all when our time is up and 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 you just don't want to live with that kind of um regret right that's what she feels and that's mm-hmm. what Lucas Hedges character asks his dad is do you have any regrets um and i think this is really only the beginning for her and the family, right? In trying yeah. to um, have anything like a um, resolution, I guess, right? It'll never really be resolved, but that you have to just try and go on as best you can. I, that all just felt very real. I, I mean, yeah, it, it is real. And then there's these moments of... <clears throat> In our day-to-day lives, we do have moments that sometimes feel outside of time. Um, sometimes they happen on vacation. Sometimes they're day-to-day. I, I think that what Trey does with Taylor Russell's portion is he captures those uh, exquisite and eccentric moments that are things that kind of exist outside of time. Where, you know, this random guy asks you out while you're feeling crummy and just ate lunch alone by yourself and you're going through a complex time. He just doesn't care and doesn't see the world the same way as you do. And you find that very fetching Mm -hmm. at some level. And then he takes a deep interest in almost anything you say. And then you find a common ground and you go look at the manatees and you go (laughs) swimming and just the, the way that those moments are captured. um, It's kind of unlike anything else in in film that I've seen this year as far as um, beauty and, and positivity conveyed into the viewer and the sincerity of the moments of when she says, uh, do you know Animal Collective? And she sticks her head yeah, out the window yeah. and we listen to some Animal Collective and he doesn't, but he's willing to go along with it on this ride. Um, uh, the, the sincerity of the film is flooring to me yeah um and i like that it doesn't draw a lot of attention to the decisions she's making like taking the drugs at at this or judgment yeah um right like you could very easily have uh, that scene where the 
the decision whether or not to take it brings to mind, you know, what that drove her brother to do, right? Like, there's this obvious, obvious kind of um, callback there mm-hmm. to what set everything kind of set things into motion in part one, but it just kind of accepts that it doesn't change that she is still a teenager who still and wants to party somehow mm-hmm. and and can feel terrible and, and deep things at the same time. Um, it doesn't make a, a big deal out of that. It's just very, just very uh, naturally kind of accepts that that's yeah. It you know, lets her, are. um, you know, have her first experience sexually um in a very mm-hmm. like non-gratuitous non-judgmental lens type of way it was very beautiful but very meager um at, mm-hmm. at some level it, it was innocent short. and and nice and short um and and loving and you know on her terms which isn't something that we often see and that mm-hmm. you know at some level that was even striking in the film yeah yeah i i really Really didn't want there to be some kind of conflict between them, and we we didn't get any, and that was such a relief. I just thought I've had enough, not in a bad way, <laughs> but uh-huh. uh, I think that um, is more meaningful um, that that there isn't any um, than if had there been some kind of fight. I guess. Yeah his his kindness and darkness. Um, y- you know, it, to me, it's kind of. There is a conversation to have at some level between Queen and Slim in in this one where, you know, the darkness that that Queen has and the darkness that um, Hedges has are are kind of like they came up in this and now they they don't want to be this, but they they also um, there's a quiet strength behind having to deal with it that make them particularly equipped for both Daniel Kaluuya's actions and then what happens to her in this film. Yeah, um, a movie that came to mind was the movie Share that we talked about earlier this year. Um, just in, uh, you know, their movies about high school girls, go you know, kind of expressively stylized ones about young girls, um, you know, dealing with something that's, um, uh, you know, kind of extraordinarily difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why that just, that kind of kept coming to mind. Um, I also, the Tyler's girlfriend who's, uh, played by Alexa Demi also just kind of reminded me of that actress from Cher. Um, I think okay. she's a really, I think she's really good. Um, there's something very unassuming about her performance. Mm-hmm. Um, something extremely sincere about it. it. It, I mean, I like Kelvin Harrison Jr., there, there is an actorliness about him, and also Sterling K. Brown. It's partly just that that those are big performances, or I could, I could see and they're hard her, performances for sure. I could see um, Alexa Demi more in like a Sean Baker kind of thing, where he's going for Ooh. more like social realism. Mm-hmm. Um, and for it's just a, a, a strong bit of casting, I guess. Did I hear you say Alexa Demi, Willem Dafoe, Sean Baker in his next film? Is that what I heard? I'll watch it. <laughs> Edited by Trayford Schultz. Good stuff. <laughs> uh, any other thoughts? What's your favorite shot in the first part and in the second part? Um, I'm going to go with the opening scene for part one. Which is easy, maybe just for recency bias or or whatever. But I I was pretty uh, immediately swept up in it and, and had and had had a good feeling about where it was going with its camera work, 
and then in you do part one, and then I'll go to part two. Hmm. Favorite part one? Yeah. I like cin- cinematically. It's that moment that cues us into the serial killer vibe mm. of cinema grammar. But vibe wise, filmmaking wise, it's the uh, when he comes home wasted and the bathtub's running and he's puking um, and she comes in to help him. The intimacy and the way that it's shot, um, that lingers. That lingers throughout the film and it lingers now. In part two, uh, the kind of thing that comes to mind are some of these really kind of brief moments where you just see Taylor Russell's character in her room by herself with her cat. Um, you know, the idea that as a teen, like that is just kind of one of your like sacred spaces is your room. That's where you kind of get mm-hmm. in your head. That is your kind of with their headphones in. Yeah. Um, th- uh, that felt very true to, uh, teenage years to me, her, her feeling everything in her room. What about you? My favorite is definitely more emotion driven. Uh, it looks beautiful, but the scene where she goes fishing with her, her father, uh, oh, it's a it's a consummate scene that has great transference of emotional value, and I think kind of establishes the the rise that she goes through in that second part of ownership of herself, um, which I think is in many ways story wise cued off of that interaction with her father, where you know this is the first time he opens up and pushes her and talks about reality with her, which is you know part of the point of that maybe overly acted part that we made reference to earlier where he tells uh kelvin you know you're a young black man in america and that's why you have to work hard you know he has that different version of a conversation with her and that spurs her action and i think that the, just the the bounty that, that's in that the the masculinity of kindness you know that's transferred it's um it's not something you see in in everyday cinema yeah absolutely uh i understand it remains your number two movie of the year it is my number two movie on the year behind gaspar noe's climax there's there's something there between the two of them syntax wise maybe some music i think so where's it at for you Top twenty, no doubt, it's up there. It's just, just a right. lot of a lot of movies. I'm kind of kind of neck and neck with it. I'll bully point. you till it's in the top ten. Run, go, get to the chopper. We have to go. I'm coming with you. That was brilliant. You're the best, and we love you. That's another one in the can. Ugh.